Good morning, Miami. It's about 60 degrees Fahrenheit over here in Miami. Um, it's freezing cold. Um, we got the diamond down low over here. It's Cardinal Mason over here. Chase Diamond over there. Chase, what, what temperature is it for you right now in, in Celsius? In Celsius, no clue. In Fahrenheit, it's 78. Hmm. All right, so like 28. Yeah, something like that. And for you, 60. So it's it's definitely warmer here. Like I'm in a t-shirt, shorts, and I'm sweating. It's never like that. It's it's always like Miami is hotter than everything because we're like extremely south, but whatever, man. It's all right. So I'm sitting here cross-legged. We got some killer topics. Oh, by the way, I went to Universal Studios. Um, I, I did the, uh, was it Halloween Horror Nights? In, in Florida, right? Yeah. Dude. That's good. I wasn't scared at all. I wasn't scared. I wasn't even scared. <laughs> I was I was super scared. A little bit. Yeah. I was, I was scared. I was terrified. I always forget that uh in California and in Florida, we have like Disneyland here, Disney World there. We have mm-hmm. Universal here, you got Universal there. There's a lot of parallels. I never realized that we have a lot of the same, I guess, attractions. Yeah. I, we are some of those attractions. We got one half of Diamond Download over there, <laughs> one half of Diamond Download over here. So, I mean, dude, let's jump right into it. So let's do it. I want you to tell your baby marketer story. And I know which one, we know which one is going to be. But um, the reason I thought of this, because someone hit me up and thought I was you today and said, hey, man, I didn't know you had Crohn's. Um, I have Crohn's too. And I was like, well, I, I don't. I think you're thinking of Chase Diamond. Other oh, my half God. But I mean, I know there's like a cool story behind like kind of how you got into marketing. And I know most people haven't heard it. So like, can we hear it? Yeah, for sure. And by the way, I've been, it's interesting. I've been getting a lot of DMs saying like, I found you for Mason or Hey, Chase and Mason, like people addressing my DMs as Chase and Mason thinking that like we're one and the same. So uh, that, that's yeah. hilarious. So yeah. when I was 13 years old, I was a seventh grader, 12 or 13. I was like a seventh grader going into eighth grade uh, in middle school. And I got really sick in the winter. I went to the doctors. They said it was some bug. You know, that was like a week later. Then weeks, when weeks went by and I was still sick and I went to a doctor, they're like, oh, you got the flu or you got this, you've got that. Oh, you just have a bug. Like doctor after doctor just kept telling me I had all of these things, which were not the case. After almost about a year of just getting misdiagnoses after misdiagnoses, at the age of 14, I finally figured out that I had Crohn's disease. And as a 14 year old, I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like, this isn't fun. But like, why did it take me a year? of testing and seeing dozens of doctors to figure out the issue. Like I need to make sure that if kids or people in general have the same disease, that they can get help sooner. So, you know, as a 14 year old, I had this idea just to like help other kids and help other people try to deal with this thing sooner and quicker. So from 14 to 16, I basically dedicated my life to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. And we did different things like walks, like every year we had this huge walk in the summer where there would be thousands of people and there'd be like these team captains and these leaders. So I was like a a walk team captain where my team would raise fundraisers and money and throughout the year for the event. And we'd raise thousands of dollars and tens of thousands of dollars just on our team, just through our network. So I would go to restaurants and be like, hey, look, if I could bring 50 people, 100 people to come eat at your restaurant, would you guys give us like a percentage of whatever our group spends type of a thing? So it's almost like in hindsight, like we were doing affiliate marketing in, in a weird way. Um, mm-hmm. Although I didn't know what we were doing at the time. I just saw and thought that that could be something that worked. I saw like where I went to school, they would do that for the school. So I'm like, why can't I just do this for Crohn's? So 
we would do those types of things every month, every kind of couple months. And, you know, it'd be $500 here, $1,500 there type of a thing. And then I had friends that helped me, right? So we could be in multiple places at one time doing these types of things. So a lot of it was like very grassroots, guerrilla marketing focus, where it was just like, tell friends through AIM or at school, you know, put up posters saying that we're doing this walk or we're doing this fundraiser. Um, you know, we were taking ads out in the local papers and oftentimes like they didn't even charge me or if they charged me anything, it was like 50 bucks and we get like an ad in like the local paper or something. So we were just doing these different grassroots efforts to try to get the word out. And I think at the peak, dude, on the team that I had for the walk, I think we had like a couple hundred people raise like tens of thousands of dollars and it was really cool. And then at 16, because I had done so much for the charity, I became like the youngest board member at like the largest chapter, like our chapter as a whole in Orange County, we would do, you know, millions of dollars a year in fundraising. So it was, it was a really cool experience that I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And in hindsight, I'm like, dang, I was a growth hacker. I was a growth marketer. I was an affiliate marketer. Like, cool. Yeah, man. You were definitely going gorilla. That's dope. I love that. Um, yeah, I love that story. I think dude, people need to hear that stuff because like a lot of times, um, I don't know, it's just a good example of like, you know, even if you think there's a barrier to entry, like you're 14, like you think like, oh, I'm 14, I can't do anything. Um, you found a way to do it and you were extremely successful, which I think is sick. Um, yeah, man, this is a great baby marketer story. Yeah. And I think like a couple things, I think one is like at 14, I wasn't getting like that whole thing that I got when I was like 22, when I was trying to get paid from people of like, who have no experience at 14. I think people just saw like a young hustler and I didn't make a single cent from any of this. This was all just, you know, pro bono for the cause, nothing to do with me. So I think like, instead of people being like, Oh, this guy's so young, he doesn't know anything. I got a lot of people, you know, friends, friends, siblings, friends, parents, people in the community that own these businesses, entrepreneurs that wanted to support me and wanted to help me and wanted to teach me. So just by putting myself out there, no one expected me to know anything, but I was trying. I just learned so much from other other people. I think that was really cool. And then too, like in terms of like the content that I create today, like everything really stems from like this place of just like giving first, right? And obviously the universe happens to pay you back in return. And you know, monetary sense or a goodwill sense. So I think for me, like the core is like the community piece and giving to others. And that's carried through to everything I've done today. Before we go to the next topic though, do you have any, you know, cool lemonade type stories, any cool, I guess, baby marketer stories yourself? I mean, like the at your age, I was busking. You know what the term busking means? No. What does it mean? So it means you, like, I would just bring my guitar to like the liquor store. <laughs> like play guitar and sing and leave my case open um and people just throw money in there i remember like i would i would do this like every weekend or like whenever i kind of felt like it whenever everyone was just going to the liquor store <laughs> and um i would stand out there for maybe like two hours and i make like 50 bucks which like doesn't sound like a ton of money but like dude i was like 14 15 years old like i was $50 to me was like, uh, like a billion dollars. Like that was all I needed for like the month to kind of keep me going. Like I didn't spend money. Like what would I buy bus tickets and like a slice of pizza every once in a while. And so like, if I, yeah. So there, there was a point where I was doing like 50 bucks a week and I was like over the moon. Um, but she would have done it for free, right? Like you love music. You would have done it for free. I would not have done it for free. 
No? Oh, so, you, so you specifically <laughs> no, did it to no, make money? No, it was work. Like I, I was standing out there and I was like singing my little heart out. Like people thought I was going, that's why I made so much money. Um, no, you should have gone during like Christmas time and got dressed up and done like carols and all the, the older people would have donated probably a lot of money during the holidays. Oh, listen, like if I had my drive that I have now, like I would have been going way more. I would have been there every day, bro. 50 bucks a day. Like that would have been, I would have been rich. You could have had employees, right? You'd be like, all right, I'm going to this liquor store. This is my territory. You could have set up territories. Like, all right, you're going to make 50 bucks. You owe the house, you know, 10, 20%. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> I wish I did. But no, my, like that wasn't really marketing. Like my first like marketing thing was like, I remember it was right after I learned copywriting. A buddy of mine was trying to sell his car. And um, he like, he put an ad up on, so Craigslist for you is, is called Kijiji in Canada. Okay. Um, so like we put an ad up on Kijiji and um, like, dude, for some, it was a fine car and there's nothing wrong with it. It was like old, I guess it was 2006. It just wasn't getting any like bites. And so I was like, dude, let me rewrite your thing. And so his ad before was like, it was like Volkswagen Jetta, four cylinder turbocharger. And I was like, dude, this sucks. Like no wonder knows. You know I mean? Most ads are like that, but I was like, all right, we got to supercharge this thing. If we're, we're going to um, like get, get you some whatever. So like, and he kept dropping the price too. So I think he originally had it up for like 4k and then no one took it. So he was like 3,500 and then 3k and then 2,500. And I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring the price up back to what it was. So we're going to try and sell it for 4k again. I'm just going to rewrite your ad. And so, and the thing with this car was a 2.0 turbo. And so I think it made like 200 horsepower or something like that, which like wow. for like a beginner car is solid. Like, I would have bought it if I had $4,000. But You I wrote the ad and then you bought it. Is that the moral? No, <laughs> that would be cool. Um, but uh, no, so I, I wrote the ad and it was basically like, I said, um, this is the only car where you can get into um, some, it, like be at a red light, stop next to some guy in his dad's Audi and still beat him off the line or something like that. I said something like that. Um, and I thought it sounded cool. And so we pushed it live and he sold the car like, the next couple of days, like it was perfect. So it actually worked. Insane. I didn't make any money off that though. I didn't realize that that was like even an option. I just did it to help him out. Just wanted to help a homie. Dude, that's yeah. crazy. That's a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get to the next one, um, which is almost kind of similar to what we were just talking about, but businesses that a high school could start. So the, the reason I thought of this is because in my TikTok comments, everyone's like, yo, can I do copywriting at 14? I'm like, no, like you can't. <laughs> like no one's gonna hire you like you're, you're a child i always say no go play outside is what i tell them but like i think there might be something that like you can do between like the ages of like let's say like 14 and 16 because if you're 17 you could probably start an agency you could probably do copywriting you could probably do something that's a little, like drop shipping or whatever something that's a little more like traditional online business but like let's say you're under 16 between like the ages of like 12 and 16 what could you do that's not the things that we always talk about and still make like maybe between like a thousand and five thousand dollars a month i got a good one actually i got a real example for you so in in our neighborhood um when i first moved in here maybe about four years ago this kid must have been maybe a middle school maybe early high school i don't know how old exactly he probably was between 12 and 14 years old i never asked him I, i probably should and he would go door to door to all the neighborhoods just saying hey for all the holidays, 4th of July, Labor Day, Memorial Day, whatever it might be, I'll bring a flag to your your door. I'll bring a flag to basically your lawn and I'll put it up. I'll leave it up there for three or five days and then I'll come and take it down. So basically he was charging like an annual subscription and he would go and he got 
at some point now, like he's probably has all, if not majority of the neighborhood. There's a couple hundred houses here and he has a couple other neighborhoods. He and his dad have this really cool old truck. It's all like red, white, and blue. It's all very festive. And I think it's like, I can't remember if it's $50 a quarter or something or $200 for the year. He gave us a yearly price. And I don't remember if we pay quarterly or annually, but like, it's like a couple hundred bucks for the year. He and his dad just go. They have a bunch of flags. They've got a storage somewhere uh, where they keep it all. And, you know, the day or two before a holiday, he brings over, drops a flag off, puts it there, leaves it up for a few days and picks it up. Dude, a couple hundred houses easily, you know, 50, 100 bucks a quarter, whatever it might be. The guy's probably making tens of thousands of dollars a year. Now I think he's like a later high school student, um, give or take maybe his early college. But it's really cool, really low lift, probably a lot of fun for him and his dad to do together. And it's just like such an easy yes. Like you see your neighbors doing it. And then you were like, oh, man, I don't want to be the only person that doesn't do it. So you kind of have like the FOMO cell. Plus, you've got like this young kid that's like hustling. You want to support them. And he was very kind and they always deliver. So I think like the retention, like I don't know that we'd A, ever cancel. B, it's like such a small amount of money where it's like, yes. So that was like a really cool business from like, dang, you know, I wish like I had older kids and we were doing it. As soon as my kids are older, I'm going to try to take this guy out of business. I'm going to, I'm going to have my daughters come in and swipe and undercut him and offer more value and bring cookies or something. Maybe add an upsell in. Dude, that's sick. I actually like that a lot. Yeah. And yeah. How could you ever cancel? Like some kid comes up, you're like, what are you going to do? Be like, Hey, yo, uh, yo, yo, Jimbo. Um, I'm not paying you 200 bucks a year anymore. Like kid just starts crying. Like, he's like, actually, yeah. just like, let me keep the flag. It's fine. Like, and also too, like they only have to talk to you once. They sell you on an annual yes. to keep money your card every year. Yes. Like there's no, like, there's no even opportunity to, <laughs> to cancel. So I think it's a great one. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. problem is like once the kid gets older, then it's not cute anymore. And you got to actually yeah. like be good. Sales. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless he's like a younger sibling or something that like runs the business and then he takes a cut. But that, that's like a real one that like I've thought about for a long time. That's really cool. And I think like the other one that's related and then I would, I'd love to hear yours is like in, I'm sure everywhere, but like in our neighborhood, right? Like on all of the curbs for each person's house, not only do you have like the, the letter of your house or sorry, the numbers of your house, like on your actual house, right? Like one, one, two, four, one, one, 12, eight, like whatever, whatever it is, right? You, you have like your number, right? Of your house. We also have it on the curb. So every, I don't know, six to 12 months, we've got people that come by and what they basically do is they don't even talk to us. They just slap something on our mailbox on the top of it that just says, Hey, you know, we're going to be out this weekend or whatever it might be to do the stencils or to kind of like refresh some of your neighbor's uh, numbers you know, while we're here, if you want to us to kind of repaint or refresh, I think they just spray paint it. Yours, you know, just fill this out and leave a check here type of a thing. So it's like, I don't know, 30 to 50 bucks to get done. They come out like every six to 12 months. You literally go to your mailbox. You just circle whether you want it done or not. If you say yes, you basically just send them a Venmo or write a check. If you say no, it is what it is. But like, you know, those things fade every six, 12, 18 months. I don't know if they're using things intentionally for it to fade, but I feel like mine just from the sun or whatever it might be. Maybe they're coming by and watering it down later. I don't know. But that's another easy sell, right? It's like, if you like art or you're artistic or you want to do this, it's a pretty easy thing to do. You know, maybe you have a little bit of cost of supplies and then you just have your time. But that's another one where you could probably easily make a couple hundred bucks or more in a weekend. Easy. Yeah. What do you um, got? 
I personally don't see the need for, I, I can't visualize the stencil number thing. Maybe, maybe it's for those really long driveways, but I don't, I wouldn't know what that looks like. I'm bored. Well, I think like now, especially with like everyone in the neighborhood is door dashing, Uber eats, we're all getting things delivered. Right. Um, and then if you have like your car in the driveway, sometimes like my car will block our numbers. So the only way like that people can kind of confirm all the right, obviously everyone has maps, like all of our houses are like, let's just say it's one, one, one next neighbor is like one, 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 three. Right. So it's like, you kind of want to just confirm and make sure. So it's nice for like the mailman for Amazon, for these people, just to kind of quickly see from the street before they open your gate, that it's like your house. So it's, yeah. it's just like an easy way to identify like the house number being correct before like you open someone's gate. So a lot of us too have gates in the neighborhood too. It's like, you don't want to go to the front door, knock, I've had food delivered to the wrong house. Like we've ordered food. It got delivered to our neighbor's house and our neighbor ate the food thinking his wife ordered it from him. And like, we had a complaint to DoorDash being like, you guys sent it to the wrong house. So like, it's not a huge necessity, but like it, it, it has saved us or hurt us a couple of times when we've had it versus not had it. Okay. All right. I get it. The DoorDash one hits home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At my, my house last year where like, um, yeah, I, the the app would mess it up though. So like they would bring Uber Eats to the wrong house all the time, and it was just annoying. But anyway, Crazy. the one I had in mind was, uh, do you know who Josh and Oliver Lester are? Uh, I don't know. They're on they're on our little corner, like they're on TikTok, okay. Okay. Twitter, and they teach like uh, uh, window cleaning. So again, this is like another door to door thing. I just think like if you're a young kid, like you can get good at door to door, like you're gonna crush when you're older. Um, but yeah, so they basically just, I mean, I'll, I'll, maybe we can link one of their TikToks in the description, but it's like super simple. Like they just, they go door to door selling like window cleaning and, um, they have like a, a, basically like a sales pitch that everyone gets where it's like, Hey, I don't know if you see us, like we're in your neighborhood. Like we got Mark down the street, we got Norma over here. And like, you know, we're just doing windows right now. Like, so because we're already here, we, we knock out the transportation fee. Can we give you a quick price? Like walk around quick price. And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. They walk around, count the windows. And they're like, all right, so like usually we do this for $2.99, but for you, we're giving a discount to guys with white hats and brown shirts who uh, are living in California. So I'll give you a $149 for the whole house. And like it's just like a cool way to do it. And like they it's easy enough to learn how to clean windows. Like it's one of those things where it's like, especially too, because like, dude, you've probably been harassed by these window cleaning guys before. They give you a card and then you're in the system and they cold call you every year for the rest of your life. Like, dude, I was on the list one time and I had to like be a little harsh to like someone who was on the phone. I was like, because a bunch of maybe three, four times I was like, I don't live there anymore. This is my old house. I don't live there anymore. Take me out the list. I'm not gonna need this. I live in an apartment unless you want to scale and climb to the 46th floor, like not gonna happen. And they were like, yeah, okay, next week, same thing. And I was like, I'm not here anymore. Take me out the list. The fourth or fifth time that it happened, I was like, take, take me off the list. And they were like, okay, we will. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I know you say you're going to do it, but like, this is the fifth time. So like, do it now. All right. Unsubscribe, so, unsubscribe 16 times. Like, just do it. I know I should, I should, I should sue them. But um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I think like if, if you can just be like a non-annoying window salesperson, like not window sales, but window cleaning salesperson, then I think you'll crush. Heck yeah. And they say I love those. students like a couple hundred bucks a day, like three, 400 bucks a day. Solid. You do like two jobs, 300 bucks or, or no, I guess it'd be two jobs. Yeah, like three, four hundred bucks. Dude, love it. Not bad. Um, okay, cool. I forget what the last one is. So this is a surprise for me too. Oh, oh yeah. How to run a good employee meetup. So I am bringing the copy of the A team down to Miami. Sick. Um, 
in the coming Thursday. And so I already kind of know like what I'm going to do, but you've done this before. You've had like the team fly out and see you like in California, like for structured, or maybe there's something else you've done before. Yeah. Want to give me some tips on how to run a good employee meetup or maybe just general tips that anyone can use if they want to do the same thing? Yeah. How many people, how many people are coming? So we're going to have, okay. So it's me, Ben, Abby, Griff, Julian, Philip, Kevin, and Hannah. So eight. Eight, eight people. Um, and do you got Airbnb? Do you got like a hotel? They're all in hotels. All in hotels? All at the same hotel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? When you have a bunch of people that do or don't know each other, both genders, like whether you do Airbnb or hotel, like that's like an interesting decision in and of itself. Like I love staying at Airbnbs, obviously, like with friends and family, because like so much fun stuff just happens when you're under the same roof and just spending that much time together. But I got to imagine like the hotel really more is just going to be a place for people to sleep, right? Like you guys are probably going to be with each other pretty much 24 seven. Um, I, I think in my mind, like pe- people are traveling for like a few reasons, right? Like one is like, it's for work, but two, I think it's just like that social kind of personal relationship, getting to know people that you don't get online. Has, has everyone met before? Or is this the first time? Um, they all know each other, but they never met in person. Person. Yeah, I mean, I I personally don't like like the icebreaker stuff. Like, I think that I I feel always so uncomfortable. But like, some people like that. I don't know what your what your take is, but I think like having a couple sessions where you guys are in the same room, just working and kind of like whiteboarding and being productive is really cool. And then just showing them a great time, right? Like, let them do things that they probably wouldn't otherwise get to do at work, and you got people for life. So I don't know. I think it's a mix of like making sure you've got professional things planned maybe even like if you have people that are experts at something local having them teach something that could benefit your people that could be cool like some kind of workshop or maybe you teach them something right i think getting a bunch of pictures and videos and content for like the copy mba socials ads etc would be sick i think that would actually be really cool like just getting a bunch of stuff to just throw all over social like these are the people that are behind the program maybe you already have that but i think that would be sick um, and then just having a good time. You probably need a copy NBA table at the hottest nightclub in Miami. Probably going to happen, bro. I was going to say the professional thing is funny because we have none of that planned. <laughs> like, bro, Friday we're doing a boat all day. And then we're going to Nobu. And then we are getting a table at the club. So nice. maybe Saturday some shit gets done, but probably not. Right. Um, hey, if if it's more but- like a social thing and less of a work thing, if they're coming in like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's... it's Primarily a weekend thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're coming in Thursday after Webby. Thursday after Webby. Oh, well, dude, yeah, give them a nice day off on Friday and then just have a great time. That's even better. If it's not like a Monday through Friday thing, if it's just a weekend thing, it's all about fun and getting to know each other and having a good time and getting some content. Yeah, that's what it would be. Like, that's you know, sick. We were the Cardinal Agency team like earlier this year and it was cool, but like we have way more people on this and like it's a strange mix of like people from like, you know, that have like different personalities and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see how it goes. One thing that you should do, I mean, I'm sure the dialogue's always open. You probably have a lot of feedback, but one thing that'd be cool is like to get them, I don't know, for 20, 30 minutes, whether it's on the boat or when you guys are grabbing breakfast or coffee or something, just forever want to kind of share like feedback. Like, how do we make this better? What are things that people like, dislike? Where could they use help? I think like getting just like that group think and that dialogue between everyone of like, how do we improve and how do we make this better? 
Um, I think that would be cool, right? Like getting everyone in person just for you to be able to like, to be like a sponge and kind of just observe, I don't know how people express things and read their body language, I think would be really valuable for you to see like where people are at. Cause I think like when, when we're like this over the screen, you kind of lose some of like that ability to read people. Like, do they actually mean what they say? How are they feeling? You know, do they seem uncomfortable? Do they seem happy? Do they seem genuine? But I think that would be cool. Just like making everyone share a couple of things that like, not that they're thankful for, but like that they're happy about and a few things that could improve. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe I will use it to like make my product better. I don't really think of that. Um, I thought it was really just going to be like an opportunity for us to all just get super drunk and have fun. But maybe while they're drunk, you can ask them because then you'll get the most honest feedback. With the agency, that's exactly what I did. I took them to the tea room, got them, all, <laughs> got them all super drunk. And I was like, hey, so how many hours do you actually work per day? <laughs> and um, all the numbers were, I could tell they were a little inflated. I was like, you do not work seven hours a day. There's absolutely no way. But anyway. Nor um, do you care, but it's just a good question. No, I, <laughs> I was just messing. Nobody's getting fired. But anyway, Chase, I appreciate you. This is a great episode. Um, for, for everybody watching, go follow us on social media at Cardinal Mason for me at Ecom Chase Diamond. No A and Diamond over here for this one. Cheers, brother. Bye. Bye.